The Graphic Histories Podcast. Welcome back to the Graphic Histories Podcast. My name is Andre Mayette, and I will be your host once again. Big thanks to Ookla the Mock for our theme song, Superpowers. And thank you, gentle listener, for tuning in. It's been a real pleasure being here and putting this program together for you. Uh, when I ex- kind of came up with this venture and decided to start doing it, I didn't know what to expect. I knew that would be a bit of a learning curve. And uh, I would I would pick up a lot of things as we went along. It's been a really fun journey, and I've had a hell of a ride. And I can't wait to see what comes next. I've really enjoyed the regular editions, putting those stories together. And I really, really enjoy our special editions, which is when we have a someone related to the comic industry come in and tell us about their graphic history, about their life, where they came from, and where they're going. But this is one of the regular editions, and on this edition, we will be talking about... Eric Killmonger, also known as Njadaka, who was a Wakandan. He was a very, very popular villain in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Another example of the movie version outshining the source material by far. Um, Played by Michael B. Jordan. Fantastic character, fantastically acted. Wonderful uh, anti-hero of sorts. Um, Certainly one of those villains that you can see his point and relate to him on some level, and you can totally... And those are the best, in my opinion. Because, I mean, back in the day when villains called themselves, you know, the Brotherhood of Evil, or the, you know, group of evil mutants, or whatever the hell they, they call themselves, uh, there nobody... I always found that really funny, because nobody thinks they're evil. Even Hitler and the Nazis didn't think that they were evil. Uh, history and the rest of the world dictated that they were, but to them, what they were doing was some kind of misguided righteous cause i guess and that's what most villains think that whatever they're fighting for or whatever means to the end or whatever the end to the means that they're they're invoking will be will be worth the damage the pain the death and all the sort of things they cause that was a really loud truck driving by hopefully you didn't pick that up on the audio but it very well may be here if it is that's country living for you but anyway, uh, Killmonger is a good example of one of those sort of villains, and a fantastic uh, version of that was done in the Black Panther film. So you will learn all about the graphic history of the character himself and his origins in the comics from his inception all the way up to present day. In the comic book world, there are a few announcements. Marvel has announced they'll be doing a Immortal She-Hulk comic, tying into the popularity of the Immortal Hulk book. That is uh, by Al Ewing, which is very, very good. Um, I've only read the first two volumes thoroughly enjoyed it they have also announced that he will be ending that comic with issue 50 sadly but it is a very dark twisted almost horror movie-esque take on the hulk and i've thoroughly enjoyed it and this in fact reminds me i need to go pick up the other volumes and get to reading i've been doing a lot of reading during covid19 i've had a lot of extra time to catch up with some of the books I haven't got everything in but i've i managed to read all 22 volumes of fables which is quite the feat and a lot of fun 
So I'm going to move on to some other comics. I've been reading some regular books in between and then going on to another set of graphic novels. Right now I'm looking at um, George Perez and Kurt Busiek's run on the Avengers. That may be the next thing I undertake, and I'm super excited for that. Uh, other things going on in the comic world, uh, Dark Knight's Death Metal just hit, which is DC Universe's sort of crazy alternate universe uh, versions of Batman and various heroes and uh, kind of a, a big sort of mess of, of uh, various versions of their characters from different alternate uh, realities or like a, a dark multiverse that they've set up. So they have their regular one and then some kind of an inverted anti-multiverse kind of place just bringing in heaps of new heroes and villains. For them to kind of incept into into their uh, into the their continuity, and some of those characters uh, like the Batman who laughs uh, will probably be featured in a future episode. And hell, you know what? Let's say right now he will be the the uh, why not? That's what happens when you run your own podcast. You do whatever you want. Let's say the Batman who laughs will be the uh, subject of our next episode. I mean, he certainly is relevant as this Dark Knight's death metal comes out and puts him in the forefront once again. So, without any further ado, let's go on to today's episode, which is episode number eight, Eric Killmonger. Born in the technologically advanced but hidden African nation of Wakanda, Njadaka's childhood went from mundane to insane when he was caught up in a political coup. His father, Njobu, was coerced to assist Mdenwe, a native Wakandan who was attempting to overthrow the ruling power with the aid of a foreign mercenary named Ulysses Claw. As they attempted to take the throne of the Black Panther away from King T'Chaka, they were overthrown and Njabu was killed. Escaping punishment for his actions, Mdenwe fled with young Njadaka to New York in a forced exile from their homeland. Fate bringing them together, the deranged Mdenwe became a sort of parental figure to her subject, and as the two traveled abroad, he taught his new charge to harden his heart and fuel the hatred he had inside him for his former king, the man that Mdenwe blamed for their current situation. Once again paired with Ulysses Claw and his crew of brigands, Njadaka was given the name Eric to better fit in with his new compatriots, a name he came to begrudgingly accept. Eventually, the years of serving his cold oppressors, building them weapons, and stealing for their cause proved to be too much for Eric. Filled with bitter resentment for his caretaker and his homeland, Njadaka killed Mdenwe and escaped to find his own way in the world. Unable to find a new family or a welcoming home, Eric would eventually move to Harlem, New York, in search of meaning to his untethered existence. He would hone his fighting skills and expand his mind, finding education in his new city, graduating with a PhD in neuroscience from MIT. After his considerable scholarly achievements, Eric would turn his attention back to Ulysses Claw, researching various black market avenues to find his former captor in order to seek revenge. Eventually, Eric was able to locate Ulysses as he was orchestrating a slave trafficking deal, but Killmonger was denied his retribution when another mutant mercenary group sent to protect Claw by Wilson Fisk apprehended him. Eric was brought before the Kingpin of New York to answer for his actions. Remaining defiant and most certainly scheduled for death, Eric was let go by one of the mutant henchmen as he saw something in Eric he knew would prove useful in the future. That future not waiting too long to arrive, Eric was later contracted by the same group in order to become their fourth member. 
working under the kingpin to assure his interests across the world. Killmonger reflected on the opportunity and eventually accepted. This group named after chess pieces was led by the aptly named King, with Eric accepting the name Pawn. The group was sent overseas to eliminate Wilson Fisk's competition. Eric was able to impress the mercenaries' leader with his fighting abilities and strategic planning, but also leave King apprehensive about the rage their new member carried inside, reaching out to him on several occasions about the cost of such internal hatred. Partaking in many successful missions, King would eventually bring distressing news to the team. Believing that they'd been set up for failure, he revealed the Kingpin wanted them to take down the highly skilled assassin known as Bullseye in order to test their mettle. Eric, unfamiliar with the masked hero and villain community, was unaware of the figurative death sentence that had been given to him and his fellow mercenaries. The gravity of the situation was finally realized by Eric when Bullseye killed his friend and teammate Rook and nearly took his own life as well. Narrowly saved by King, Killmonger and the remaining members escaped, with their subject attempting to coax his compatriots to going after Wilson Fisk directly for his role in their undoing. King rejected such a plan, maligning that men in places of such power were basically untouchable, and attempting to reach them would result in nothing but doom for all involved. Dejected and questioning his place in the world once again, Eric found solace in the arms of Patricia, a fellow mercenary known as Knight, whom he had been attracted to for quite some time. The two developed a kinship due to their similar tragic upbringings, and this connection allowed Eric to feel comfortable enough with his new love to reveal the truth of his homeland. Deciding to remain together and leave the country, Patricia departed to procure passports, and Killmonger was blindsided by armed soldiers who knocked him out and absconded with his body. Drifting through unconsciousness, Eric communed with a spirit from his homeland named Bast, a being he had spoke with on the spiritual plane many times throughout his life. Bast tells Eric to return to Wakanda and reclaim his place amongst his people. Still bitter at T'Chaka and the kingdom of the Black Panther, our subject refuses to accept her charge. Bestowing on him that anger will lead to nothing but his downfall, Bast implored him to accept peace. Once again refusing, Eric tells Bast that as long as the world is sequestered by self-imposed borders, it will never know peace. He then vowed to return to his homeland, pull down the current king T'Challa, who he believed hid in his decadent kingdom, ignoring the plight of his fellow Africans and their descendants. Finally awakening, Eric is faced with his new lover, who reveals she brokered a deal with S.H.I.E.L.D. in order for the two to have a new life outside of America. She reveals in order to do so, they would have to betray their leader, King, an idea that Killmonger rejects instead, suggesting they go along with the government organization's plan, only to double-cross them later when the time is right. Together, the two pretend it to toe the line, locating King in his Bulgarian hideaway. There, they attempted to recruit their former leader to assist them in their scheme and secure their freedom. Eric learns a hard lesson in trust. When Mat- Patricia turns on both of them, phoning their location into S.H.I.E.L.D. and using her own mercenaries to defeat the two, killing King and sparing Eric. With his dying breath, his former leader would beckon the former pawn to avenge his death, using an arsenal of weapons he had stored in his home. Watching his friend die, Eric was visited by Bast once again, or so it would seem. Bast revealed herself to be another, unnamed goddess, one who only pretended to be a benevolent deity, in order to influence young Eric. She bestows upon him the name Killmonger, and he echoes King's enticement, demanding he take up the weapons available to him and spill the blood of all who had wronged him. Roughly a year later, Killmonger would make good on his promise, locating Patricia and demanding she use her shield connections to find his homeland of Wakanda using a USB key he provided, threatening to kill her sister if she didn't comply. Asking for mercy, she was quickly reminded by her former lover that it was her actions that led to their current situation, and that she had no one else to blame but herself. 
While waiting for the former knight to provide him with his quarry, Eric once again communed with this new goddess, revealed to be an avatar of war. He questioned his own sanity and was reassured that the teachings of his new benefactor, real or not, would lead him to the throne. Killmonger would then meet with Patricia to retrieve the key. Hoping that she was finally free of her link to Eric upon handing over the device, the former knight was privy to a horrible surprise. Eric, upon receiving the key, revealed that the USB in fact, once placed in a shield system, planted information that Patricia was a traitor and was connected to multiple spy organizations and criminal enterprises. Before his former lover could react, S.H.I.E.L.D. agents descended upon their location and were easily killed by the Wakandan, originally known as Injidaka. Eric then killed his old flame in cold blood, informing her that he had already dispatched her sister before doing so. His vengeance complete, Killmonger then blew up the location to cover his escape and move on to his next scheme. The current Black Panther, T'Challa, the son of T'Chaka, would later address the world in a televised broadcast and announce Wakanda would open its borders. This news would give Eric the opportunity he would need to return from his exile to the nation he believed spurned him. Reaching out to the Black Panther through the United Nations, Eric would pretend to be grateful for the opportunity to return to his homeland, all the while harboring the same rage that defined him since he had left. After once again stepping foot in Wakanda, Eric would speak with T'Challa about their respective outlooks on their roles their nation could play in the world at large. During this time, Eric would learn more about the mysterious deity that would visit him, discovering its name to be Kaleluna, the Betrayer, a sister to Bast who was cast out of the land of the gods for seeking to usurp her sister and whose image was used as a reminder of the cost of betrayal and a hunger for power. Eric would continue his deception and pledge allegiance to his new king and the throne of the Black Panther. Having reintegrated himself into Wakandan society, Injadaka set out to enact his plans of conquest. He would become a part of the scientific community, joining an elder named Takami in studying memory preservation and brainwaves. Finally giving access to knowledge and an opportunity, Eric would kill Takami and use the technology they created together to pull memories from his mind. These memories relating to a project the Elder had been part of that could help Killmonger achieve his terrible dream. A type of neuropsychic device powered by the brainwaves of the dead was the object of Eric's dark desire. Upon making it a reality, Killmonger proceeded to kill other Wakandans that had returned under the amnesty program that welcomed him home. Finally revealing his true nature to T'Challa, the two did battle resulting in Eric's device giving him the edge needed to defeat the Black Panther. With his enemy out of the picture, Eric prepared to drop vibranium shock bombs on a S.H.I.E.L.D. diplomatic envoy, a plan that was stopped by a recovered King T'Challa. Seeing that he couldn't succeed, Killmonger prepped the bombs to fall on the African nation in order to distract his enemies long enough for him to escape. The Panther and his family were able to defuse the bombs and catch up to their traitor once again. A brutal bout ensued between the two aboard a carrier jet. T'Challa questioned why Eric had wanted Wakanda to go to war with the whole of the world. Killmonger claimed he spent years out in the horrors the king was opening their lands to, saying that the outside and colonizers who inhabit it were all unworthy of their nation's greatness, that he intended to sow confusion and distrust amongst the people on both sides, wherein to the public at large Wakanda would be the provocateurs of conflict, while the remaining council members will dispose King T'Challa and go to war with everyone in the globe, conquering them all in the name of the realm he felt the Black Panther despoiled when he revealed them to all the Killmonger despised. With the aid of his sister, Shuri, T'Challa managed to defeat his wayward countrymen, but was unable to deliver him to S.H.I.E.L.D., as he had managed to slink away when their attention was turned momentarily. 
During a more grounded approach to usurp the throne, Eric would plan to destabilize the monarchy, ravaging the countryside and burning villages to gain the king's attention. During this time, Eric would team up with various enemies of Wakanda to try and kill the Black Panther, including Venom, V-E-N-O-M-M, that's two M's, not the symbiote, Eddie Brock, Sombra, King Cadaver, White Gorilla, and Salamander Kerul. During this final team-up, Eric finally met his end when he was killed in battle with T'Challa. After his death, his body was unearthed and claimed by Iron Man villain the Mandarin. He used the magic of his alien rings to return Wakanda's usurper to life. Recruiting the newly alive mercenary to his cause of disrupting Tony Stark's operations in Africa. When the Iron Avenger and his associates came to stop this attack, the Black Panther was seemingly killed by Killmonger's men. Unbeknownst to them, and their leader, whoever, in a plot twist reserved for old science fiction shows and daytime soap operas, T'Challa was replaced with a robot duplicate and remained alive. At the funeral for Wakanda's king, Eric arrived to declare himself the new Black Panther, unknowingly walking into a trap to draw him out. Now that he had made his presence known, the Avengers did battle with the Mandarin's forces, and Black Panther defeated Eric once more. Upon the removal of the Mandarin's rings in battle, Eric returned to a skeleton, as he was disconnected from the power source that had kept him alive. But comics being comics, a good villain never stays truly defeated, even by death. Later, the man formerly known as Injadaka would resurface in New York. How this was possible was surmised that the version of Killmonger that seemingly died again with the Mandarin was a simulacrum of sorts, created by the ring. This time, Eric had planned to team up with his old enemy Ulysses Claw to defeat their mutual adversary. During a battle on T'Challa's catamaran, while Daredevil joined the fray to battle Claw, a mass from the boat fell on Eric, seemingly killing him once again, only for him to be make a hasty escape. In a scene that mirrored the live-action film, Killmonger would openly challenge Wakanda's king in a combat ritual for leadership of the country, finally defeating T'Challa and claiming the throne for himself. He governed the country for a time as the new Black Panther, and even attempted to join the Avengers in place of his fallen enemy. Eventually, he would attempt to consume the heart-shaped herb, a mysterious plant that provided the Black Panther with his powers, and was left in a coma when it was revealed only those of a royal bloodline could handle its effects on their physiology. Eventually, he would recover from his unconscious state and travel back to America, seeking out Casper Cole, a police officer who had inherited the mantle of the Black Panther. Eric would attempt to curry favor with his new iteration by offering to help him locate his kidnapped son hoping to become the new White Tiger, a role in the Panthers group for his services. Seeing through his offer, Cole instead opted to locate the boy himself and avoid a debt to his mysterious benefactor. Shifting gears, Eric linked with the United States government, being placed in leadership of the African nation of Niganda as a sort of puppet king working on behalf of their interests. Realizing that their chosen avatar was unruly and couldn't be controlled, the government sent in their own superpowered soldier, Monica Rambeau, to remove him from power. Monica instead was captured by Killmonger and imprisoned along with the Black Panther's sister Shuri, who was apprehended earlier trying to spy on her brother's mortal enemy. During a fateful final confrontation, Killmonger was about to finally end the Black Panther's life, only to be ripped apart when Monica Rambeau would fly straight through his chest using her impressive light speed abilities. This event would be witnessed by Killmonger's son, who was raised in secret and pledged vengeance on the Black Panther, continuing a legacy of bitter hatred and revenge. This likely won't be the last we hear from the would-be despot, as comic books have a hard time letting an iconic villain stay gone for long. But whatever the future holds for Killmonger, is likely to mean nothing but trouble for Wakanda and its king.
And that concludes the history of Injidaka, also known as Eric Killmonger, also known as the Black Panther, also known as Pawn, as we have learned in today's lesson. I uh, was a big fan of Michael B. Jordan's performance in the Black Panther film, and I was very interested to see how similar the history of the character in the comic books was ref- uh, was to that to that performance, whether that was something that was actively chosen or something that was kind of in the text, as it were. Um, as com- an interesting thing in comic books is that you will find the the film adaptions, the TV adaptions, often take a lot of things from the books. But often the books themselves will come to reflect what happens in the movies, either through retconning with backstories or flashbacks or, or uh, them bringing in characters and changing the way they're depicted in the comic to more match the way they're depicted in the film or TV show. This is kind of an attempt, I'm guessing, at being more accessible to those fans and trying to draw them into buying the comic books. Uh, whether it really works or not, I'm not sure, but it seems to be something the comics have been done and have been doing for a very long time. So I'm guessing it must have some reaction to their bottom line if they continue to do it. So um, I I imagine we will continue to see that trend in the future. All right, as I mentioned in the intro, next week we will be bringing in uh, another story. Uh, That story will be about the Batman who laughs, a dark, twisted version of Batman from an alternate universe where he was corrupted by gas upon killing the Joker. So we'll get into that next week. The week after that, we'll be back to one of our featured interviews. I'm not quite sure who that is yet. I will be doing a little bit of uh, asking, begging, pleading. Uh, my knees just just maligning to anyone who will listen to me that I need them to do this podcast. And hopefully that will work and I will get someone to accept. So thank you very much, listener, for tuning in. Please make sure to hit subscribe if you haven't already. And check out my Facebook page and website to see any further news about what's going on, what's coming down the pipeline. And just to make sure you're the first to get all the information as it comes out. So thank you once again. My name was Andre Mayette. And it's been a real pleasure. I hope you thought so too.